You're listening to The Echoes with me, Emily Andrew, the self-development podcast that explores personal stories, powerful tools, and an insight into the wide world of mental, physical, and spiritual health. Get ready to get curious, be inspired, and connect in. The way that you think about yourself and your limiting beliefs are not new. And maybe I should phrase that in the wider sense. The idea that we are living our life through limitations that we put upon ourselves is not something that is new. It's not something that has just come out of the stressful way that we live these days or the experiences and events that have happened in our time. It's a universal fact that everybody lives their lives by their beliefs and their limiting beliefs. And the reason why I say this is because a lot of the time when we come up to something new, it can feel like, wow, like we've never looked at it in this way before, or I've never even realized that this is actually a thing. And sometimes that can feel like a really isolating experience. If we have kind of sunk into the idea that we have a limiting belief that has really been defining our lives for however long, it can feel like a loss. The realization that our lives could have been so much different if we had a different lens to look through. But it is not new. The idea that we have these beliefs, these stories that we tell ourselves, isn't something that has only just arrived. And for anybody that ever did English literature at A-level, and this is probably quite a niche reference, So bear with me. Since, God, I can't even do the maths on how long ago it was, but since A-level, we did romantic poetry. And part of me absolutely hated it, but there was this, these poems, these, these words from these particular poems that stuck with me. And... I had a real weird place in my heart for T.S. Eliot. Now, if anybody does know about T.S. Eliot, you will know that he is quite problematic in some areas. Um, Some of his earlier views on race and religion were obviously definitely not okay in these times. Back then it was more kind of not, can we say accepted? More usual, I guess. Um, But I have spent over a decade with some of the words that he wrote in my head. You know, this is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, with a whimper. And every now and then I ask, do I dare eat a peach? So this is going to be a niche reference. But what I would like to do is I'd like you to just humor me for a moment. 
because as with all of these very odd ways of looking at things, there is a reason for my madness. And if you can hear right now any kind of weird noises, it's because Dexter's just walked in. This guy does not know I'm podcasting. This guy does not care, even if he did know. But there is a poem by T.S. Eliot called The Love Song of Alfred J. Prufrock. And this poem has randomly popped into my head over the last couple of days. And although I've always really enjoyed the words and the imagery that he created, I, I didn't really get why. But this morning, I found my old copy from A-Level. And I don't even know if this is from A-Level, if I just found it maybe in a... I probably gave my A-Level book back. It hasn't got as many notes as I thought it was going to have, so I think it might be newer. But anyway, I digress. And the first poem in this entire book was a poem that he wrote in 1915, this love song of Alfred J. Prufrock. And for those of you that know, it starts, let us go then you and I, when the evening is spread out against the sky, like a patient etherized upon a table. And at first glance, the poem is full of really beautiful images and questions, contemplations. But the whole thing is actually a monologue of this guy and he's contemplating. He's contemplating his self-doubt, his anxieties, his ability to connect with people, his abilities to connect romantically. He explores the ideas of isolation and alienation and social conformity as well. The poem explores the human tendency to live a life of self-imposed restrictions and limitations. In 1915, that was important enough to write about. And if we take it into this guy, this Alfred J. Prufrock, or J. Alfred Prufrock, I should say, he feels utterly trapped in his own thoughts. He's unable to break free from the patterns, from his self-imposed barriers that he's put upon himself. And he's asking himself questions. And he asks, and indeed there will be time to wonder, do I dare and do I dare? Time to turn back and descend the stair with a bold spot in the middle of my hair. They will say how his hair is growing thin. Do I dare disturb the universe? And that has been going around in my head. Do I dare disturb the universe? And he later says, do I dare eat a peach? But it's this questioning, it's it's this fear of upsetting the apple cart, of standing up and being an individual, standing up and doing something differently. And I think that's what's so enticing to me because 
it's not safe for us to be different. It's not safe for us to be away from our pack, away from the tribe. That is not something that inherently we have in us to feel really comfortable doing. But more and more people are now starting to question this and question the ideas of individuality and beliefs and looking at things like limitations and anxieties and actually getting the brain space I guess or or kind of push to question it is this helpful for me anymore are these limitations that I have on my life actually creating a life that I want to be living or does it always feel like a part of me is holding back and When there is a part of us that is holding back, there's always going to feel a loss, a kind of break in who we are and who we are being. And sometimes that disjointedness can just really set us over the edge. And for me, I'm trying to figure out whether I dare disturb the universe. Because when we are coming into looking at our lives and looking at our limiting beliefs and being able to stand up and say, this is me, it can feel so, such a naked experience of what if people don't like me? What if the words that I say don't resonate? What if people don't understand me? And in this very poem there is a whole bit about no that's not what I meant at all being misunderstood not being able to communicate yourself not being able to be seen fully as who you feel that you actually are and when we continually get this especially if we've got it ever since we were younger we start to mold ourselves into who we think we should be but the problem is we end up like a chameleon that gets broken because we're trying to be one person for one person. We're trying to be this people, this person for our family. We're trying to do this, that. And it's like the chameleon gets so confused and so overwhelmed that he then can't change color. He is just all the colors all at once and it is overwhelming and stressful and just too much. And I guess when we are looking into this stuff when we're when we're starting to question when we're looking at unmasking ourselves from what everyone expects us to be it it can feel vulnerable and naked and if you've never done it before it can it can feel like a death it can feel like a life or death situation And a lot of the time, when we do feel out of place, we do end up going down routes that are inauthentic or damaging. 
whether it's drugs, alcohol, food, exercise, if we are constantly needing to change ourselves, not because we're kind of coming at it from a good place, but if we're coming from this negative place of I cannot be myself, then it doesn't matter what the outcome is. We're not gonna find that happiness that we're wanting. You'll never hate yourself into a body that you love. You'll never restrict yourself in order to feel free. It, it doesn't make sense, but we're doing it all the time. But more and more people are stepping out and I think that that's an amazing thing to take courage from. Whether it's somebody who is going sober because their relationship with alcohol isn't serving them or whether it is somebody who is expressing themselves in a way that they didn't feel like they could before all of these changes in people are invitations for ourselves. And it doesn't mean it's easy, but it does mean it's possible. And I think that's the thing. It is possible to recognize ourselves for who we are in this moment and accept it. And then after we accept it, we can then decide if we want to grow from it. So if we are in the place where we know that putting self-limitations on ourselves isn't new, how come we haven't cracked it yet? How come in 1915, T.S. Eliot was writing about J. Alfred Prufrock being incredibly socially awkward and feeling as though he was missing out on life and being very lost in himself, in who he was, in his fear of being himself, in his inability to take action. And how are we in 2023 and we're still in this phase? And I guess my thinking is that this is just part of the human experience. This is kind of part of the reason why we're all here <laughs> because we have all this conditioning from our families from our society from our lives into who we should be how we should think what we should look like what's beautiful what's not what's clever what's not what's creative what's not all of these rules and restrictions and we have been conditioned from such a young age in this. But when we're in a place where we're starting to get curious, that's when we can start to question that. And we can focus on our individualism. And there is so much beauty in that. There is so much gold, magic, stardust, whatever you want to say, in you, in you as an individual. The likelihood of you being here in the first place is just, it's like a tiny drop of sand in an ocean. So we all have purpose, we all have a reason to step forwards and figure it out. 
Figure out what makes us happy. Figure out who we are. Figure out what lights us up. Figure out how we work. And we can look at the root causes that make us feel not so, not so good, not so strong, not so clever, not so, all of the reasons, all the stories we tell ourselves, the root causes is a really important piece of work to do. But how can we start right now? We can start to be compassionate to ourselves. And we can start to celebrate our individual natures. We can start to accept that we don't know everything. But nor does anyone. And we can question in a really nourishing, nurturing way instead of creating an atmosphere of war and me versus you or you versus them or whatever it is. Because... I think that although it is an individual process or an individual project to be able to look into these things, we are all part of this, whatever whatever we're calling, whether it's a matrix, the world life, I don't know, but we're all part of it together and we, we can build each other up, we can rise up together and I sound like a hippie and I think if I was talking to myself right now five years ago I'd be like dude I (laughs) mate what you talking about but this is my train of thought and I'm interested to know if any of this actually resonates with you and whether you can identify yourself in some of these questions Do I dare disturb the universe? Do I dare to step out and be seen, heard? Do I dare to be myself? Because I think I said it before, being ourselves in this world takes courage. But it's so worth it because that's when you start to pull in and magnetize yourself into the people like to the people that are supposed to be in your life. So I'm going to leave you with that question. When we're contemplating our belief systems, our self-imposed limitations, our individualism, we can ask ourselves that. If you have enjoyed this little ramble, I didn't know where it was going. I just thought I found it and I thought I'd share with you some of my favorite words and also to get it out of my head, (laughs) off my chest, out of my head and maybe into yours. Whether you're listening to this on a walk or in your car, I hope that you're having a really good day. Thank you so much again for spending some time with me and I look forward to seeing you again soon.